for finished making the copies, opening them out. Cup, uh, I mean, a, a bottle from the fridge. This will last it. If you go to YouTube or Facebook and punch in my own Israel, okay? The way she can watch. Okay. Thank you, Hesh. Okay. Oops. Ready on. Back to the time. Didn't realize that. Okay, everyone. Thank you for joining. Tonight is a very special night for me, as today was my birthday and a special milestone. It's not just a birthday. It's my 50. And that's special. And um, Thursday nights, we always learn Hasidus for the last probably 18 years. And I've been teaching Hasidus. I had the merit to teach Hasidus all these years. And um, so I wanted to celebrate by Thursday as a celebration of my birthday is to teach a mimer. A mimer of things. You know, you feel very grateful when you reach 50 and thank God you're healthy, and alive, Hashem well. So the first thing that comes in mind is to give a big thank you. So I'd like to learn about things. And I came across yesterday, last week, I came across a Hasidic discourse, from the Alter Rebbe, that talks all about, that deals all about um, about this idea of of giving thanks of the karban toda. Karban toda is a special thank you offering, uh, offering of gratitude that a person would bring when certain miracles would happen in their life. So, um, so this mimer is in the Siddur. Now, again, as I've always mentioned lately, is that we learned already almost all the discourses in Sefer Torah or over the last 18 years of teaching. And um, the Parsha's boy really only has two small discourses. We've learned that, and I always look for innovative things. So I initially was thinking when I learned this last week, I said, this is great for my birthday to share this mimer, but it has to also connect to the Parsha. And now when I'm learning the mimer, it's clear to me that it's very, very, very much connected to the Parsha. Why? Because we'll see. Because the whole Parsha is Yetzirah Mitzrayim, getting out of constrictions. And this mimer is the essence and the crux of lifting ourselves up to a higher level of consciousness in which we ascend beyond all constrictions and boundaries. It's an awesome discourse. So it's in the Alter Rebbe Siddur. Um, 
Mizmar Lusayda, Ari Lashem Kala Aretz. So, yeah, here we go. This primer was said in the year Tovkov Samach Zayin, which makes it uh, 1797. In the, in the winter of 1797, the Alter Rebbe said this mimer. And again, it's very deeply connected to this week's parsha. The idea of Havaya dominating over Elohim, where miracles happen, as we're going to see. So it says like this. We say this in davening every day. It's a song for, the, for thanks. And really, it was a song that a Jew would sing when he would bring the Karban Toda. The sages tell us that there are four people who have to give thanks. And who are those who have to give thanks? Those who have experienced a kind of dangerous or a difficult situation in their lives, and they came out of that, uh, out of that um, jeopardizing situation. Either they were in prison and they were freed from imprisonment, or they were crossing through the desert, or they're crossing the sea, which all these things put a person's life especially in those days when sea travel was very dangerous and traveling through a desert meant sometimes weeks and months of being extremely vulnerable to the powerful forces. Uh, and those days it was considered a very great danger or a person who was ill and became afterwards um, healed. So these people would, what's called again, have to bring a special sacrifice, a special gratitude Sacrifice to the Abishter called the Karban Taida. These are the four people. So this is a song for the Taida. And in that song, it begins with, and we say it every day after Baruch Shiyama. And, and we say, shout out to God. Blast the trumpets. Hariu means to shout out to God. What an awesome statement. There is a thank you. There is a song of thanks. And we're calling to all, all, of, all of the earth a sweeping cry of the entire world shouting out to God. You know when Super Bowl, you know, is coming? Do we have Super Bowl already or is it coming up? I think it's usually right at this time. It's one of these weeks in which we have Sunday Super Bowl day. So you always, sometimes I hear, I don't follow the Super Bowl. It doesn't interest me too much. But you hear suddenly the shouts and the from, from spontaneous bursts and shouts coming from homes where people shout out with, with, with like this incredible joy, a, 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 so this is kind of the, 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 the shout. Imagine when the entire world will shout out thanks to God at the moment of the redemption. Something like that. So now the Alter Rebbe, this mimer is going to explain this idea. What is thanks and why you give it by miracles? What's this whole idea? So the intention in Mizma Lusayda, so first he brings a Kabbalistic idea. We know that the davening, all the parts of davening, are relate to various different um, spherot and attributes. When we are praying, we are actually journeying through all the spiritual spheres and all the all the all the all the uh, supernal realms, and we're tapping various different energies and we're channeling various different lights from level to level, from space to space. We're causing different unifications of different attributes. So the Holy Arizal says that Mizmar Lataida is connected to a yichud, to a unity that's taking place between father and mother. Chachme and Bina. But which level of Chachme and Bina, father and mother, wisdom and understanding are, 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 are unifying, are joining together, but on which level in the world of Yetzirah, 
We know there are four worlds. There's our world called Oilamasiya, the world of completion, the physical, material world. And then above that is a world of Yetzirah, which is the world of, of more angels, the world of formation. Higher that is the world of Bria, the world of creation, which these three worlds are all worlds of creations. And above that is the world of Atsilus. And the world of Atsilus is the world of emanation. The world of Atsilus is the world of emanation. And that's already divine. The sphero, the attributes, manifest in each one of these worlds. The divine input in every world is through the, through the den, primarily through the ten attributes. So, uh, and in each of these, so when we, in prayer, when we activate and we stimulate all these divine, uh, uh, we're pulling all the dials and, and turning all the, <laughs> we're, we're literally, you know, creating the flow of energy, it, it reaches different points. So when we're holding after Baruch Amar and we're saying Mizmar L'Saida, Darizal says we're activating a yichud between Chachma and Bina of, of Yitzira. We know davening is called Sulam Mutzav Artsa V'Roshe Magia Hashemayma. Davening is our ladder. Where do you start in davening? And it makes perfectly sense. I follow this because in davening we stand, we stand, we start at earth because our our consciousness before we when we're brushing our teeth in the morning. And we just woke up and we're, you know, croggy and, you know, just waking up. Our consciousness is not about God. Our consciousness is very dark. And as we wake up and we begin to filter in a higher, we begin to meditate and think about godliness. We begin to up our awareness. We start thinking about Hashem. That's called climbing. So we know that the first part of davening is certain tikkunim that we have to do in the, in the physical world. And that's the part of davening called karbanis. After we finish the Karbanos part, which deals with sacrifice, which is more related to the world of Asiya, when we get to Baruch Sha'amar, we ascend into the world of Yitzir. Baruch Sha'amar is that transition state when we're elevating ourselves into a whole, complete, higher, different domain, into a, in an angelic place of Olam Yitzir. And when we get to Baruch Hu, which is after Yishtabach and the blessings of the Shema, we enter into the world of Bria. Now, where do we say Nizma Lusayda? We say when? Right after Baruch So therefore the Arizal says we are causing by a unity between the spheroids of Chachma and Bina of Yitzira. It's Abba and Ima of Yitzira as it says in Siddur. What does he mean it says in the Siddur? Which Siddur is he talking about? So I am super excited. Can't even tell you how excited I am. A month ago, I, 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 I ordered a bunch of new books. And one of the books that I decided to order, Hasidic books, and I got the shipment. The shipment is missing half of them. <laughs> Some of them are uh, not yet sent. Uh, but uh, one of the Siddur is the Siddur of the Ari. And it's, they reprinted it. It's a set of three swan. It's by a student of the Balshantov. His name is Reb Shapsi Mirashkov. Shapsi Rashkov. And he was a student of the Balshantiv. And he uh, put together a siddur with the kavanois of the Arizal. These are the kavanois of the Ari before him. So I always heard about the siddur and I never really had him. So when you open up the siddur, that's what he's referring to. Look in the siddur of the Ari. So when you open up his siddur, and, and each, each thing, there's kavanois. So you look at a mizmar l'sayda. So let me read it over here. He says, um, it's actually three volumes, a, a, a very beautiful set. 
it is it is fitting to say standing. You're supposed to say we know we don't sit down. We're, we stand up for Baruch Hashem Melech. We don't sit down until Yehichavod. But until that point, you're supposed to stay standing. Shugam came avoid this carbon toida because it's as if you're offering a toida, and by when you're offering a toida, you're supposed to stand. And then he continues. Zeha mizmar neged abba veima diyatsira. So the, this is corresponding to the chachma and the bina of yatsira. Until now, what did we say? We said karbonos. And all the karbonos that we have, that we said in the early part of the morning prayer, the, the shachar is, they are all taking place in the world of asiya. Karbonos are an asiya. In other words, when you bring a carbon, you're activating and you're stimulating primarily energies of asiya. Because karbonos are not only when you say karbonos, when you're offering karbonos. It has a huge impact on the destruction and the and the and the and the and to fix whatever the, the world of asiya, the world of action, the material physical world has a lot of ra, a lot of negativity, a lot of klipa in it, and they create a lot of mess. So you have to every day you have to clean up the mess that's here from the day before. So the karbanis of the morning do a lot of tikkunim in the world of asiya. Ah, karban toida, but the carbon toida is different than all the other carbonates. It's such a unique carbon that this carbon relates not to oil but a notch higher. It takes you into and it, it, its effect of the impact of this sacrifice of the of the sacrifice of gratitude is that it touches in the world of yitzira. Oil it rises upward. La abba to chachma and bina, but in oil ma yitzira. Lechein kolak carbon is betelim chutz me carbon toida. That's why the sages say that there might be a time when all karbanos will be bottled, when there won't be any more of other sacrifices, but karban toda will always be a karban. Okay. And then he, and then he continues. And the mimer, he's going to explain. This is going to be the, the, lat, the latter part of the mimer. The next words after Mizmar Lasaida. One thing in Mizmar Lasaida is that what? Mizmar Lasaida is Chachma and Bina of Yetzirah. So you know what? Let's leave the latter. I'm going to leave this because you'll see later he brings another idea related to Mizmah Lusayda, and that's the next passage over here. Now, if you're reading just the Siddur of Reb, Reb, Reb Shapsi of Rashkov, um, it's it's just, it's it's he's, he's giving you kind of a map. He's giving you just, a, you're not really getting an understanding of what does this mean in my life? How do you tap this? What does this mean? That's why the Alter Rebbe comes, and that's what Hasidus is. Hasidus is infinitely richer than Kabbalah. Hasidus is the inner connection. See, this is the inner energy. So the Altadeb explains what does this mean. In the Yash Lahavan, we need to understand Mao in carbon tide. So we need to understand what is the idea of the carbon tide. Number one, we understand what's the concept of the carbon tide. What is it all about? And why is it that the thinking is, is in Chachma and in Bina? Because that's what he says. In other words, he's not asking so much why it's in Yetzira. That's not so much his question. His question is, why is it Chachme and Bina? What's the relationship of Mizmah Letaida to Chachme and Bina? The Hine Yedua, so he gives a very Gishmak idea. It is known the Piddish, Kikel Deo Savaya, Chana, the mother of Samuel, Shmuel Anavi. One of her statements she makes is that God is a Kale Deois. The Ebishter is a Kale of, of, of Deois, of. Um, uh, Deus means knowledges or or perceptions or uh, opinions or ideas, and the Abishter is a kale that Deus 
he contains two deos, two, two views. A deo means a view. And kale deos means God of views. What does it mean, God of views? It means two perspectives. Not just perspective, but perspectives. That means that God includes within himself more than one perspective. And what does that mean, more than one perspective? When we say perspective, we mean perspective on existence. We mean ultimate perspective. There is one perspective and there's another perspective. And that's the concept which is spoken about in Hasidus and in Zohar, that there is Das Tachtain, there is the lower perspective, and there's Das Elyon, the higher perspective. There is the view, the lower view and the higher view, and the divine incorporates both these views, as he explains. There are two perspectives in Avaya, the first day or the first perspective, the first view. That's the way the mashpia looks at it. The mashpia means the influencer. It's a view from the top. It's the way God is looking at creation and at existence and what's his perspective on existence. God's perspective on existence is that the, that the divine is real and the creation is nothing. That's his perspective on existence. He sees reality as the infinite. The infinite is real. It's true substance. It's boundless. It's endless. It's real. It's absolute. It always was. It always will be. It will never change. So God sees his reality as real. And But then there is a creation. There's a world. What's the world? Which is it's to perspective from up down. Where God looks. Now we know that when God creates a world, Hashem doesn't only create one world. They create a whole chain-like chain -like progression of myriads and myriads of worlds, which are ginormous, which are so like unbelievably like impressive. Yet, from the Creator's perspective, the entire chain of worlds is all He is. Hashem is descending into nothingness. It's literally what we discussed last week. Remember, we had this in the Milo. We learned last week. We were learning how. The whole, the oil, not just the creations, but the godly energy that is infused into creations was, was infinitely higher when it was still in its source. And when it's leaving its source to going out to create, it's becoming so diminished and so nothing. Definitely the creations themselves, not just the limited energy of God, the, the limited, not only the limited creative energy of the Eberstein that's coming down and creating the world is considered nothing. But to the Abish there, I'm sorry, not only the creation, but even the even the even the Oireleki, even the divine energy that's here and sustaining all of creation, all the Oireis of all Sayyidalshalas, to the Abish there, that's all nothing. Because it's not all, it's a tiny, minuscule little drop of, 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 of a power compared to the infinite true substance of the of the infinite. So therefore, to the Abish there, Shaishtalshalas Oilmois, the entire Evolvement of worlds, they're all considered nothing. And who is the real something? What is of true substance? What is a real Matthias? And Hashem is the true being. He is. He is real. The source from where all influence comes from, He is true substance, and the world are nothing. And below is considered not. In other words, he knows that we consider ourselves, we take ourselves very seriously as, as, as strong and powerful and real. But from the Abishter's perspective, everything, all, all of existence, created existence, even the higher end of creation, 
is all considered none. So the process of creation is not making something from nothing, it's making nothing from something. Okay. And this is what it says. They come, and this is what it says, or the Kamei, the Zoyar says, in front of the Ebeshter, it's all Kala, it's all like nothing. That's a perspective from God as He sees it. The true being is looking at creation. So much are we nothing that if He's not, in, if he's not inputting Himself into us, we cease to exist immediately. If He pulls out, we have no existence even for a split second. So, what kind of something are we? And what, what justifies our somethingness that we should kind of see ourselves and see whatever is as, as a real is, as a real substance, when without a, 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 a constant external force that's higher and bigger than it, blowing it into existence, it's, in other words, compelling it into existence, it doesn't exist. So it's really nothing. But that's only the way he, his perspective is, because he sees the true source, and he sees how pathetic the existence of creation is, how weak it is to the point that it's considered nothing. But they are based, but then there is the other perspective and the other view. And that is That's to the recipients. The view from below. The view from below, they don't have any inkling and any true inner, any true um, sense in a very real, and especially in a way of comprehension, they don't have a comprehension in infinity. They don't know we don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't know what that tastes like, what that looks like, what that feels like. So we know reality from things we see. So to us, we see, we wake up in the morning, we see the sky, the sky is very real. The earth definitely is very real. And our, our body is very real. The tables are real, chairs are real. Our family members are real. Food is real, breakfast is real. A substance, Kashmir is. The material world is the real reality. To the recipients. This is the total opposite. Since we're the recipients of his energy. But we only know that which he is investing in us. And even that is not fully revealed in us. That Even that we need to really think about in order to feel it. So we're created in a state to be a something. And, and the way, especially when you get to the lower, the lower realms in creation, where the state of separation becomes more and more and more and more felt. In other words, the less you feel the divine, the creative power, and the more you feel the creation. And as a result of that, the creation starts becoming more and more and more of substance. The koyach and laki. Obviously, people won't be so so ridiculous to think that all of this happened on its own, even though the, even that's possible. But even when we acknowledge, and hopefully we all acknowledge, that there is a power that's bigger than us, a superpower that's bringing us into existence, there is a creator and a God that's creating us. But yet, what we feel, that that divine power, that flows upon us, that power is that's called nothing. Why is that power called nothing? Because even though we know, we can say, wow, that's the power that creates everything. It's a superpower. It's so powerful. But it's not as real to us because to us, it's, it's, it's invisible. It's unknown and we don't comprehend it. So we understand. So we, it's, 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 we can even get excited about it, but it's still distant from us. So we call that nothing. So what is considered to us more of reality, of, of, of substance, is is, is what we can see, smell, touch, and feel, what we can touch with our senses, or at least we can prove 
um, you know, scientifically for some people. Uh, through a scientific product, they can, they can, they can, they can, with a, with a scientific instrument, they can prove its existence. Maybe that is also included in something that they can say, this is something, something. But that which is above our comprehension and understanding, like the power of the divine, remains nothing. Koloimar, and what does it mean, nothing? It means balance. It's concealed. It's not that we don't, we don't have a deep conviction in its existence, but it's still something above us. The Imkain, and if so, Etzlon Behepeth. By the creations, it's the opposite. The higher you go, which means the more we think about things that are higher, the more nothing you're you're going closer to, to things that are less less graspable, less definable, and therefore less real to us, and more distant and more nothing. And the higher that you go, the more nothing it becomes. Until you reach the infinite, and the infinite is the absolute nothing. It's really nothing. It's really nothing that you can. And the more concrete something is, is yash. It's something. That's what. Because, and the reason for that is, if the creations below, if as the Alter Deber re refers to them, if the Mechablim, if the recipients would be able to, even if their creations, but if they would be able to grasp the infinite with their understanding, they'd be able to grasp the godly, the divine, then we, we could be something, and, and I don't know if that would be, we might then turn back into nothing because we would realize that our existence compared to this true substance that we're touching is really nothing. But even if maybe we wouldn't relinquish our something, but at least he would also be something. But the fact that we're not able to comprehend because we're finite, and a finite being can't comprehend truly the, the, to a full, real grasp on, on, on infinity. And therefore, it always remains above us. We can't grasp elokus, especially levels of elokus that are more infinite, so to speak, then that's for sure we can't grasp. Here in the new print, they added the word chaf alf, which generally means ki im. But when I was reading it three times, and I was saying this doesn't make any sense. Let's read it together first in the way that they printed it. That doesn't make any sense. Not kiim. So, and I remember this. Uh, I, 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 this safer I had at home. The old print I had over here. So when I learned this mimer last week, I didn't learn it that well, but I learned it quickly and it made sense. And I'm thinking today I learned this three times. I'm going over this. It just doesn't make any sense. So I went and I took the old print and the takasi, the old print is no kiyim. <laughs> and I said to myself, oi, sometimes they want to fix things and they're not fixing. <laughs> I have to send them. I found two adjustments that they made in the new print and in both of them, it's better in the old print. So I don't know where they took this, uh, these, uh, this, this, this fixing. Over there, in the in the in the old print, it says ki like Let's read it. There's no kiim. There is there is it's not possible that 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 the creations, the the recipients, should perceive elokus How he is the real yash that we can't perceive. Why? And he explains why. Because he is Shafeya, because the Abish, even though God is close to us, 
There's no question the Abishter is not, is, Hashem's light is very close to us, but it's above us. That's what he means, it's makif. The, inf, the Hashem's influence upon us and on the creation is, is above our understanding. And we can't grasp it. And precisely because of that, it's, it's, it's distant. So it's not, and therefore it can't be so real to us. The umnam, oh, but it doesn't mean that just because, it doesn't mean that just because we can't zoom into it with our mind, so much so that we should be able to fully integrate that reality, so much so that it should be real. It doesn't mean that, that, that since we can't understand it and grasp it, that we can't tap it and we can't connect to it. We could connect. But the vehicle or the or the channel of how connecting, how to connect to that which is considered I and nothing is not through the mind, because the mind can't comprehend it, but through a, another power of our soul. We have a power in our soul called submission. We could submit to this, which means acknowledge that it's true, even if we don't accept it. Accept a certain truth, even if it doesn't make sense to us. And that's a certain humility. It's a, it's a humble acceptance that there is a truth that's true even if I don't understand. If I need to understand it, that we can't. We're limited in what we can understand. We're going to see later in the Mimer that through Torah and through a lot of Torah learning, then, then we can actually even comprehend the Ayin in a way of Seich. That, that, that's possible. That's, that's a Kiddush. Generally, it's not possible. The mind cannot grasp the true experience of the Ein Sof. And therefore, Seichel will not bring us, will not lead us, will can lead us to a state that we should acknowledge that the Abish created the world and so on and so forth, and we can understand that, yeah. And, but we will always have a sense that what? That our world is more real than God is. Our world is more real than God. Even though we can't grasp with 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 grasping, like it is in the in the higher day, like it is in Hashem's mind, as Hashem is looking at it from above, we can submit to it. In other words, a lot of times a person accepts certain things as true, even if they haven't, they don't have the information or the understanding of. If you're going to go argue with a super professor. In every, in any aspect, you know, you meet up with someone, you have your ideas, you know, you, you dabble in, 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 uh, let's say you dabble in, in, uh, in, uh, what's it called again, in, um, in physics, but you don't really have a, a major, a major academic, uh, whatever experience and study, and you haven't really reached any, any great, you're not a doctor in physics and so on and so forth. Your guy likes to read a few books, and then suddenly you may meet this big, incredible physicist. And you're having a discussion, and he's arguing with you, and you're coming to certain things. And you know, so even if you're like really, you know, think that you've got it right, but you realize who you're talking to. You're really that he he understands this a million times more than you. And at, and at the end of the conversation, you, you'll say, you know what? It's you'll walk away and tell. And when you'll meet your friends next day, you'll say, I had this theory and I had this thought. I know Michi is always into math, so he's a big mathematician over here, Michi. But if you would meet Azoy, the super professor in math. And then he has his uh, theories. And then later he'll say, you know, I used to think this, but I met so-and-so and he disagrees. <laughs> and that's it. You, you know, it, you shut the thing and you say, you never go back to it again because you say, 
you know, if he doesn't accept it, then it's, then, then it's just, I know I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. Even if I haven't grasped it, it's the submission. And, and you accept his truth. And when you accept his truth, then that becomes your truth. It's not like you, know, you don't understand it, but you're accepting. So here we have an argument. There is two opinions, the way God sees things and the way we see things. And God sees things that he is, he's true reality. And but as I say, this seems to be very philosophical, very theoretical. We're soon going to see that this literally applies to our everyday living of how we function as a person in this world. How we function and how much stress we have. This, this idea that we're learning right now is literally medically, this is something that can decide a person's, you know, th th this idea, the concept of learning now can actually add 15, 20 years to your life. Because this secret of this, what we're learning right now, is can either decide whether you're going to live a life full of stress and anxiety or a stress-free existence. Because here's the idea. We're constantly put into life, into situations where according to whatever is, situations are that you're, you, you're stuck in a certain reality. And those realities could be very, very, very well. And, and those realities could be very, very, very real. Real based on who? Real based on doctors and scientists and, and, and professors and engineers and everybody who has an understanding on the reality of this world, on the sciences of this world, including, let's say, engineering or including medicine and so on and so forth. And therefore, you can find yourself in a condition where based on the prognosis of doctors and so on and so forth, the person is in not in a good state. And obviously, that is the most the 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 what do you call it the libitating the, the debilitating type of an uh, thing to live with, and it creates fear and anxiety because you don't want to die, you want to live, you want to be healthy, and you're scared. But now you see death around the corner, you're terrified, and so on and so forth. But when one lives with the recognition, as we're soon going to see, that God is real and absolute reality, and the world is what I. So the rules and regulations that make up this world are not so stiff and they're not so rigid. God is not an infinite and the power to get God. Everybody, see, let's understand something, as we're soon going to see. To everybody, if a person is a believer in God, even just a minimal believer in God, then they believe that God could interfere. The question is not whether God could interfere and could change it. People believe, you know, especially since we saw miracles by the Exodus, so we know already it happened. But the question is how distant and how difficult is it to get God to interfere? How foreign, how removed, how distant is it this idea to get God to interfere? Is it a long distance call in which you have to pull in who knows what kind of merits to get that to happen? Or is the world, is our world, all the prognosis with all the doctors and all the scientists and all the physicists and all these things, and it's not true, it's not that they're making a mistake, they're right. But this whole reality of this world is not so real <laughs> because the true existence is God. And if the real MS is the there, and the Abishter can do whatever he wants, and he is, and the and these and this Mitzvah of world that we're looking at. Which, it's, which, which calls for respect and honor, that this is what it is. It's not so. Why is it not so? As we're soon going to see, you know what, this is, I'm, I'm jumping a little bit ahead. I just wanted to say that this is not a theoretical discussion, a philosophical abstract discussion about who is real and what is not, but I'm, or, or what's, and how real the world is and how real God is. But these have 
actual incredible, powerful ramifications on, 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 on our lives, on how much and how, and how, how, um, how um, um, constricted we become in the constrictions of the natural world. How much do we look at the world? Because if the world is real, like our perspective, good God created at 5,782 years ago. But once he created, he created a something. And it's a real, real, real rigid existence that has a full power of beingness. And God is outside of the world. And he's this big, ginormous, infinite nothing. And when, and when the person says to someone else, you know, who's Nebuch, you know, dealing with something hard and you say to them, the Ebersh to help, of course you have to give them all the help you can. But then if you encourage them, you say the Ebersh to help and someone on the side snickers and laughs and says, okay, the Ebersh to help, don't you see? This is a serious situation. They're, they're, you know, what do you mean the Ebersh to help? So if that, if God is, is, is that means that God is nothing. It, 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 it's nothing to you. If the Ebersh is really real, he's someone in the room. I've, I've had a doctor standing right over here. If the doctor, if I had a professor, you know, to, to come visit a patient, and I have one doctor, and he looks at the patient, and he says, eh, you know, it seems like there's nothing to do. It's you know, there's there's nothing they can. And then you have, and then you're waiting, you're waiting, because three thirty supposed to get a visit by the biggest oncologist in the entire in the entire uh, hospital, and he walks in, and he's looking at the papers. And you number one, you're, 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 you know, the little doctor is the little doctor. And you want to hear what the big doctor says. And when the big doctor says, you can help that, that, that no, 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 no problem. It's not, it's, it's not, a, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's nothing serious. It's not, the, let's say that the, the thing is benign or whatever they call it, benign, uh, whatever. It's a, it's a, it's a non-maglunic, whatever, it's nothing. Everybody breathes a sigh of relief because, you know, this guy, or he said, can do a procedure and can take care of it. Or we have a new therapy or a new thing that can really knock this out. So what do you, you, know, you laugh and say, yeah, he's just one doctor. You know, you, because you know he's real. You know he's a doctor. So the same, instead of the doctor, someone standing over there is the, is the, is the, is a Yid who says, that the Ebershter will for sure send it a Rafa How much weight does that carry, that God will send it a Rafa Miraculously. How much weight, how real is that? So if the Ebershter is ayin, is nothing, and the world is something, then that's a nice broken. It's, it's nice. It's, it's something to smile at. It's nice that you're saying that. But if if a yid is living in the reality that what? That, that I'm sorry. The, the real substance, the real existence is him. And down here is nothingness. Creation and all the forms and limitations and boundaries of creation is all nothingness. It doesn't have real substance. It doesn't have real existence. He is the real existence. So the fact that God can get involved is a very real brahma. And it's a very big possibility. And we should be shocked that the person is not helped. That's the idea. That's what it means to live with a muna. To live with a muna that any second everything can change. How? Miraculously. What's so what? Here's the thing. The question is how, how much does the miracle have to undo? That's really the question. The question is, you know, when you have to undo a screw, I'll give you a simple example. You don't have to undo a screw. So sometimes if this person who screwed it together, screwed it together so tight, so when you have to undo it, it's like enormous. You have to, you're trying, you're trying to, to, to break it, and then you have to bring in an electric uh, a, a screwdriver to unscrew it. But if it's loosely put together, then anybody can just come and undo it. So the question is, how valid is, this, is nature and the laws of nature to each and every one of us? If we're living in Das Tachtoin, 
That means in our reality, the das, that this world is substance. This world is real. This is a real metzias amitis. Then the screws of this world, of the system, the systems which are the systems of, 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 of health and illness, chas the systems of parnasa, the systems of, 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 of the money markets, which are part of the parnasa system, the economic systems. All these things are very, very, very rigid, tight screws. And it's true that God, who's a manipulative power, can unscrew the screws and screw them together a different way, can reform it. But for that, you need amazing intervention because you need to undo it. But if you realize that this world is a loose existence, it doesn't have much substance. It's all iron because it doesn't even have an existence for a split second. And the real reality is God. It's like the famous Chassid who had liver problems or kidney problems. I don't know, kidney or liver. And he was to sit by a Fabrengen. And he used to always say, his, his, he would say, <laughs> he says, Ebishten. He says, you know, I know, we learn in Hasidus all the time that every second you create the world. And you create the world from absolute nothing. I know I don't have a good kidney, he says. But since you're creating the world every second, so why do you have to recreate out of absolute nothing a sick kidney? If you're making it from absolute nothing right now, then make a healthy kidney. <laughs> and, and he lived in that reality. You know, and 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 oh, so people now here's the thing people who live in that state of existence are much closer to miracles. Miracles happen to them much more often because it's not they're not asking for a big deal, they're asking for a small, a small tweak. Because things are the, the, the world is not such a yesh, it's not Shabbat, but obviously that means that in a person's life you don't take the world so seriously, you take God more seriously. And that, so you can't say that just when it comes to a miracle, you want to wait for God to do it. The question is, is God by you so serious, as serious as your breakfast and as you're serious as your lunch all the time? That's a question. And that's why a person, you know, that's the merit of miracle. Because if the Abishter is really Metzias Amitis, the real, real, real Metzias, then, 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 then Mincha and Shachris and Abracha and Tfilin and doing godly things are more compelling to us than the dictates of our of our material existence. That's the question. What is more compelling? Who is the real something and what is nothing? And when you when you organize your day, what, what takes priority? Your first checkoff list. Is the first checkoff list all the stuff that God needs? Or is the first checkoff list all the stuff that I as my existence needs? And then it would be nice to appease to appease God a little bit too, because you want him to be in your favor. So you want him to help out a little bit. That's not the idea of it. That means that the person sees himself and his reality and his needs and his world as something very, very substantial. And God is more of a distant uh, player. But here the question is, who is real? What's reality? Ayin lamayla ayin olamata. What's the real mitzvah? So the Al-Tabah says like this. If with seichel, with intellect, you can't reach a, a sharp experience that God is and down here is nothing. But you could reach and connect to it through the ability, as we said before, when there's a conflict between two opinions, and we recognize that there's a much greater professor who's much bigger than you and much smarter than you, and his opinion is so-and-so. So you wholeheartedly accept his opinion, and you're convinced that he is right, even though you don't understand. It's a, And it could become a powerful conviction. 
You can even go around and argue his case, even if you don't understand it, because you know the professor said so-and-so. This great, brilliant person, you met Albert Einstein, and he said so-and-so, and that's why you're convinced that this is the way it is. So with God, it can be the same thing. With our power of hoidah, with our power of submission, a yid can connect to the reality that lamayla hayesh, that above is something, and down here is ayin. So let's read it inside. We could, in a level of submission, a person can be When do you have to activate this power of submitting to something, to acknowledge something and submit to something? That is when we're dealing with, with realities that are higher than what we can grasp and understand. Like a person who admits that the matter is not the way he understands. So the same is also in the spiritual and the godly realm. Where is there a concept of submission when we're dealing with something that is beyond our understanding, and it is concealed from our grasp? And that is when we talk about the divine. The divine is not something that we can, that we can grasp. We are that we admit that so it is. So now when we come to this, this age-old argument, this fundamental existential argument of who is more, is God real or the world is real? The higher they that to accept that truth, that God is, his being is absolute and our creations are nothing. He creates us nothing from something, not something from nothing. Because the truth is, the way he sees it is that he is, and the worlds are nothing. So that to, to experience that, to feel that, we could arrive to that, but only we can't necessarily comprehend that, digest that in our mind, but in a matter of acceptance and surrender, we can accept it. Even if we don't grasp it, with full grasp, the dilemma. So now, Tulna, what did he do? He explained when we need, what's the essence of this Haida? Haida is not just thinking. Haida is a deep acceptance in, 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 in a reality to accept the MS of Elokus, the truth of the divine, as an absolute reality. And it's something that we can only do through Haida. Once we understand that, He's now going to explain why the response to a miracle is Haida. We would think that the, the, the response to a miracle should be praise. He just did. We translate Haida as thanks, but Haida is more than thanks. Haida is acknowledgement and, and submission. It's an acknowledgement and a submission. It's a humble submission. So, we would think that maybe the response to a miracle should be what? To praise. Hallel. There's two words. Hallel praise. It doesn't say Dalit Svichin La Hallel. It says four people need La Hoidas. Why the Hoidas? So he explains. The idea of why there is Hoidas a miracle. This is where he's going to discuss the idea that we just mentioned. Being a Dalit Svichin La Hoidas, there are four people. The Gemara says there are four people that need to be Moideh. And who are the four people that need to be Maida? And we said, people who go down into the sea, people that travel the desert, people that are there. Yeah. Because that's a miracle. It's not understood. 
So from the, 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 the question is, what's this question that he's asking? I initially, when I learned that, I thought that his question that he's asking is, why haidah dafka alanes? I was I was learning the word dafka going together with the next three words. Why do you have to have haidah dafka alanes? And my question was, the way I thought he was asking was, his question was, um, you should thank Hashem all the time. Why dafka a miracle? And when things are not miraculous, for the general good that you get, you should thank Hashem all the time. But that's not the way it's mashma from. He brings on the bottom over here from the other versions of Maimer, the Oida Toida, and in Pidisham Milis from the from the Mitla Rebbe, the emphasis is not Hoida Dafka Alanes, but rather, what's the reason why you have Hoida Dafka Alanes? In other words, why is the response to a Nase Dafka Hoida Dafka submission and not Halel? You could respond to a Nase through, uh, through, through, through praising. Why does it have to call forth this humble submission? And the answer to that is, and the idea is as follows. The Pchinas Elohim Begamatria Hateva. Elohim, we know one of Hashem's name is the name of Elohim. And the name of Elohim is 86. And 86 is Gamatria Hateva. Um because the name of Elohim is the name where the Abishter is mislabish in the world. When we mentioned earlier that God is I and is nothingness and he's infinitely transcends the world and so on and so forth, that's referring to the divinity, to the divine lights that are higher than creation, they're infinite. But there is another level of the divine. Where Hashem lowers himself down and fills the Zohar, calls it Mamalakalaman. The Abishta fills the worlds, each creature in accordance to an energy that fits the parameters and the definitions of the creature. In the past mimer that we learned last week, the Rebbe was explaining, the Rebbe Rashab, how there is a concept called Koyach Apoyo Binifal, the power of the maker that enters into the Nifal, it enters literally into the Kishkas of that which it's created. That power, key, in a sense, cannot really be infinite. Because if it's infinite, it couldn't be nislabish. Nislabish means it becomes fully enclosed and fully incorporated in the creation. So that power of the divine is understandable, is to a certain degree comprehensible. That power, however, is called Elohim. That's why Elohim is gematria hateva, because that's the power of Elokus, where Elokus lowers itself down to become the specific Force of each individual individual phenomenon in nature. There's all the phenomenon in nature, and and, the, and that's why Elohim is in the plural. It's the only name of God, Elohim Kedoshim. You find that it's in the plural because it's godliness. It's the divine energies that are specified and individualized to each particular aspect of the world. This is enclosed in the creations, and that's the source of nature. The Nikran, he says over here, it's called Koyach Apoyal Binifal. It's called the power of the maker that is invested in the creation. That's why it's called Elokim. Elokim means power. It's the power of godliness that's within the world. It's the power of the, the powerful of the land. And this is the root of nature. And the Kshem Elohim is manig, the, na the natural, in all of its details. Now, and that's why, in a sense, 
This koyach hativi, this koyach teva, what did we say earlier? From our perspective, what's very real? What's real to us? The, the nature is real. Including in that nature is that we realize that there are spiritual energies behind every natural phenomenon. So to us, when we say that, that got that, that, um, to us, when we say that the physical world is very real, that the creation is very real, it's substantial, it's reality, included in that is even the divine, but which divinity? The divinity of Elohim. And that's why even a guy like Paro, right? Paro is a wicked man. But he had, he was a very big scientist. He had his Dr. Fauci, and he had his Dr. This, and he had his Dr. Schmalchi. He had his whole, his whole big scientific field who were basically running his entire field. And he agreed to what? And he agreed that what? That there is a look But what did he say? I'm sorry for getting a little, a, little, a little bit out of hand, but I can't control myself. He said it's going to be a, a very dark winter of death and expect everybody to die. And it's going to be a very dark because the corona is coming and it's going to kill everyone. He, because he bows down to the, to the forces of nature. Even if he accepts that, that what? Even if he accepts that what? That there is a divine power. But even the divine is limited. It's all fixed. Hashem systemized. God emanated energies, and these energies are very fixed and defined, and, and they are substantially set. And if you have certain, 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 the way the cosmos, the way the constellations are working, and the way the whole system is working out, that's a system, and that's the way it's going to be. What he didn't realize is that, wow, that this is the most external, 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 outer, outer, outer clothing of the power, of the divine power. The true power that is really behind all of existence and all of creation. And the when I say underlying, I don't mean deep, 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 underlying, you know, millions of levels deep. No, no, no. Right beneath the outer external skin deep sur surface of Shema Lekim, is an infinite power that transcends time and space is the name of Havaya. Havaya is Yutke Vavke, which means past, present, and future are all together. So that means it's no time and space. And if there's no time and space, there's no limitations and no boundaries and nothing. It's just what he wants. Kol Hashem that's what God wants. God wants blue, it's blue. If the one got blue, blue to become pink, it's pink. If blue and pink should be together, it's blue and pink together. Whatever he wants, soft, hard, cold, cold, cold hot, cold and hot together, fire and water together, whatever the Abishta wants. Water should be blood, blood should be water. And it's no big deal, that's the point. We're not dealing over here, calling in the higher-ups, calling in some distant, infinite power from a gazillion miles away to come in. It's right there, right beneath the surface. Because we know, what do we say in this side? The do know, ki that the real power in Elohim is Havaya. Elohim is just a, the way it's being shown to us so that we should have free will, so that we should be able to be distracted by something other than God. The world systemizes itself to us with natural forces as if there is something of sub substance that we have to bow down to, that we have to recognize and acknowledge as some real power. But the truth is there's no, the, everything can wiggle out of the way it is because as soon as the, as the, as the underlying energy shakes a little bit over here and here, it knocks down the entire 
All these rules and regulations are out the window in a split second. That means the miracle is not far. The miracle is so close. It can expose itself. Now, Hashem, the reason why miracles are difficult to come by, because God did um, choose that he doesn't like to peel away the most external layer of existence of the name of Elohim. The Abraham doesn't want to, to do that. But really, in truth, if he would... If, if God, so to speak, would let his guard down and allow the truth, the power of the infinite would overwhelm, yeah? the power of the infinite would overwhelm the finite in one split second. And miracles would be popping up every second. But the Abishta doesn't, what? Oh, no, 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 no. He only wants those rules and regulations until when? to create for us a test. But the moment the person rises up to recognize the Abishter, then the Abishter invites him to experience Avaya. And through Torah and Mitzvah, that's what God wants. That if we should be, to us, we should look through past that thin crust of Elohim and connect to Avaya. And as a result of that, have Bitochen in him. And that's what Bitochen is. Bitochen means trust. That even if all the doctors and all the scientists and all the uh, financial uh, uh, prognosis who come and tell you that you're in trouble, and you this and this, but I know that God is above it all. And reality is what God wants. And if I serve God, God will take care of me. And no matter what problem I have, it'll be good. And then... A miracle is nothing because you're living in the zone of miracles. So miracles are what? what? In the zone of only death. So that's what? It's never, it's never, reality is what the Abraham still wants. Even if there's a. No, the Abraham, no, what? No, but even when it is, it's not because of what is. It's because, okay, and therefore, if I pray to him and I when I ask of him and I trust in him, he told me and commanded me to trust in him, and he's commanding me to trust in him that he can fix it and he can change it. And it's not it's not something that's like a a, a, a hard or difficult thing because he is the true reality of everything that's here. So the system is not a system. You're saying, how can I maybe agree that maybe, maybe I might have to change God's mind. But if God asked of us to trust in him, that he can take care of us, that he wants us to transcend. Uh, oh, that could, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying that there wasn't a time when a person trusted in God and there wasn't, and they didn't get a no. Obviously there are such phenomena that exist, but that's not where the Abraham wants us to expect of him, that he will say no. And, and and the Abraham wants of us to believe that he can say yes and that he will say yes if we trust in it. But the main point over here is even for someone, for someone who's a true believer and living in this reality, so even if he gets a no, he knows it's the Abraham that, that wanted it that way, not nature that has any power on it. That's the Nakud. And, and, and generally... What? Yeah, but 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 there you don't see the Havaya. The whole idea of Nizm al is the Toda is is that when a miracle happens, the outer external cover of the name of Elohim has parted and the true nature of existence, which is Havaya, has appeared. That's what the carbon Toida is all about. The carbon Toida is what's Toda, what's thinking? Thanking is to accept the idea. What the whole idea of Haida? What did we learn earlier? What's Haida? Haida is that he is that, that above is real reality and the world is I and is nothing. 
Where does that express itself? In the natural day-to-day uh, flow of things, it doesn't seem like it. The world seems to be, and nature seems to be, a rigid, powerful, unbreakable system, and there's no escape of it. That's the way it is. So Elohim, and then that means that Elohim is real, and as consequential from Elohim being real, what's the next reality? The system is real. Not just Elohim, Elohim is the premium of the system. So the what what is real? The, the physical, material world, that's reality. So you don't see, you're right. A person could say thank you every day. You could, and our avoida is to do that. But, 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 but nature, that when we are living through our natural, when life is dealing us just nature, if it's possible, something like that. But if life, life is dealing us just nature, you don't have an obligation to bring a carbon plate which means you don't have an obligation to, re- to, to, to transcend because really Toda is really rising to, to a place that's bigger than you. Because the way God created us is to live in a reality within the system, to see things fixed and limited and defined within the system. We really don't have an ability to experience the truth as God experienced. We can only do it through submission. So we could do it. Now, on the regular circumstances when the world is dealing us nature. So then we have to do what? Then we're not obligated. You could, but you're not obligated so much to, 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 to activate that part of Yenashama, which accepts that one, that he is and, and that the Abraham, that God's will is the reality and the world is not. But when a miracle happens, what's the whole idea of a miracle? How did a miracle happen? What happened by a miracle is, is that Shem Havaya, the name of the infinite, the name of past, present, and future, the inner core of existence, the true infinite life that's truly responsible for everything, dominates over the garment. In nature, the the, the garment is dominating and concealing the true power. In a miracle, the true inner power of existence comes to the surface. Reveals it. And because the miracle is an ex- revelation of who? Of the Yeshamiti, because when the miracle happens, what happens with the scientists? What happens with all the prognosis? What happened? It's all out the window. How did that happen? What happened? What happened is it was revealed that God is and the world is is and is nothing. And because it's nothing, you can it's, it, it can be pushed around. If it would real be of true substance, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be budgeable. The fact that it budges, the fact that the sea can move away and split means that it's not such a it's not such a metzias. It's not such a substantial reality. So when a miracle happens, the the higher the higher view is substantiated and revealed in this world. And when the higher view is substantiated, that's the time that you have to acknowledge it. You still don't understand it, but you see it visibly. And when you see it visibly, you should. It calls, it requires from us to respond to that light and that revelation so that we can really assimilate it and connect to it. And that's why we have to do That's why the response of the miracle is not praising the south. The response to a miracle is acknowledging and submitting. Let's read it inside. Okay. So that's 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 a deeper element of miracle, but we'll get there in a minute. The miracle comes from the Oyer Laki that's higher than the name of Elokim. 
Because it's coming from a power that's outside and above where God has fixed himself into the fixed patterns of, of nature. As it is known in every miracle. So we see that there are times that God peels away the outer veneer or outer, outer thin-like crust of the name of Elohim. And the Abishter allows for it to reveal Shem Havaya. What Shem Havaya, past, present, and future, transcend time and space, which means his true infinity. Which is higher than his name of Elohim, which the name of Elohim systemizes the system. Which Shem Elohim 86 is Gematria nature. And, the, and where is the Abishter revealing it? That Shem Havaya is revealed even in a world that is generally Shem Havaya is blocked. That's one of the characteristics of the lower world. The lower you go, the more the system seems very real because the less the divine, the infinite, the further you are from the infinite. So the more the, 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 the infinite is concealed and hidden. So in the, even in the lowest world, which is generally governed by the name of Elohim, when a miracle happens, Havaya is revealed. Gamba Oilamateva, even in the world that is generally under the operations of nature. Lamata below. Kimoi. Over here it says bipoil. But in the old print, it feels much better. In the old print, it says Kimoi lifoil, giloyanes mamish. The Shemavaya is lifoil. It's being poil, giloyanes mamish. It's being poil, the miracle. Bitivius in the natural world. To turn the sea into dry land. But a Zem, moving from this, is understood. So from here you see, when you see a miracle, you see that what? That the, that the natural world is really governed by a power that's higher than the systems of nature. Because the fact that it can flip it this way and that way is a sign that the systems is a very, very external factor to the world. Even though when the world is not operating, we're not seeing miracles. When we're going through a dry spell and in our lives, we just kind of feel very much that everything is just following the patterns of nature. So then there's no Gilushemavaya. Even when it's not revealed, it's always concealed. It's always there. Even in the specified conduct of God, where God is working through these systems, who is really the operator? Not someone who himself is bound to the system, but someone who is infinite and boundless and is choosing for no reason, for, in a sense, for no reason at all. It's not, it's not that he has to do it this way or has to do it way. He can do it a gazillion other ways. He chooses some, to do it like this. And as, as soon as he wishes, he changes totally opposite. In other words, you can change gravity in one second and make everything gravity push everything away instead of pulling everything it can happen as the same way like he's making gravity work this way and everything is pulled to pulled downward everything can be pushed upward without any much thing because there's no rules and regulations that regulate anything ah the pile so even though it's always that way but we turn over the page. I'm just going to read to the end of this paragraph. So we'll do it quickly. That's when it reveals itself. That's when it comes out from its concealment. That's why it's called miracle. What does nace mean? To lift something up. The, the secretive, underlying, infinite power 
of the one who is not is not constrained or limited by anything is now exposed. He's he's raising his flag. Something like you raise a flag. He's raising the banner. Havaya is lifting its flag and waving it in the air that he is the true power in creation. And that's literally what Pasha's boy is all about, what these Pasha is all about. Para and the Abish keeps on saying, that the systems that 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 Mitraim were so were so obliged by, they were so constricted by him. And these systems are were, were utterly thrown out because the Havaya dominated. Because the light of the divine energy of nature becomes completely nullified. Hear these beautiful words. Nature, it's not that nature goes away, but it, the, the powers of nature, the oil key that sustains nature is reabsorbed in the infinite power that, that precedes it. In other words, if you have water that's flowing through a pipe, so when the water is in the pipe, what happens? The water is defined by the pipe, meaning it's it's in the shape of the pipe. It's only a narrow little bit of water, right? But if the if, if there is a suction, and the and the and the and the greater pool sucks back up the water that was in the pipe back into its source. So when the water goes into the greater pool, and it's no more that narrow water. So when the divine energy is through the pipes, is in the pipes, they're very defined. But when the divine energy gets sucked back up into its source, in other words, when this infinite source reveals itself in the pipes, and suddenly the pipes dissolve in this higher energy, higher than the system, that everything is subsumed in the infinite, and there's no more natural order, and it is miracles. Yes. Teva becomes utterly bottle, and it elevates, and it becomes absorbed, to conduct itself, according to the divine light, that's above nature. This is a very great elevation to nature. What that means is that Shem Elohim is elevated into the name of Avaya. The Zawa, and that is the meaning of the words, the U, you should know, that Avaya is Elohim. What it looks like Elohim is some kind of independent power. Yeah, because God doesn't allow us to see the infinite backing behind everything. We're seeing only the na the natural forces of everything. When you're looking at a tree, you know that God is the force behind the tree, but you're seeing only a particular force of vegetation, which only can grow in the sum in the summer from spring and summer. In the winter, it has to be barren. That's the system that God systemized. <laughs> you know, but that's only why because it because it entered because it went into the name of Elohim. But if the Shema Vaya, really, the omnipotent, infinite power of God that's really there, is really its power, so it has no, no limitations at all. Pirisha Elohim, Chinasa Teva, Elohim is Teva. Vavaya, what's Havaya? Hukoyahu Mokr Lashem Elohim. It's the power and the source and the entire energy for the name of Elohim. Zeb, Bechol Darke Anagasa with all the ways of Teva. So therefore, Teva is not so tight, and Teva is not so rigid, and it's not so. Forceful. But usually Shemavai is concealed. Because what is Teva really? An external garment. It's only a garment. To obscure and to hide the true power, which is the infinite. That's above nature. I want to finish over here. Just like when a person wears a garment, you see a person. So you, the, 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 what's visible is the garment, but you know 
that's not the garment, you know there's a person there. Even if the person is in the winter and they're dressed with earmuffs and cover and they have a ski, 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 ski hat that's covered and you hardly, all you can hardly see is their eyes. And even that is covered with goggles. So literally it's not an inch, like an Eskimo. The person is completely covered, but you see a walking entity, you know it's a human being there, not a garment. But in creation, it's not that way. The whole power of nature is an external garment, and the one that's operating it all is an infinite being that has none of these limitations. As he says, but just like a garment, it's completely secondary to the person. It moves, and if, right, this way he could put it on, he could take it off, it doesn't have it. It's completely secondary to the person. And the main person is, his, is, the, is the substance of the person himself. And in his garments, he's only revealed to the outside. The same it says around God. Havaya is the one who is the inside. He's the sun. And the shield, the outside shield is the name of Elohim. It's only a garment. It's only a garment for the sun. To conceal because nature is completely bottled to Shemavaya. So even when Teva is not being tweaked, and even when nature is kind of running its course, it's not because nature is really a power, it's because so Hashem is allowing it right now. Because the entire conduct of Elohim is only from Shemavaya that's inside it. However, in a Now, usually the Shema Vaya is what? Not comprehended and not understood by the creations. Because the creations don't have a grasp in it because we don't know the infinite. We could grasp certain systems, but the beyond system, the infinite, our minds can't wrap, uh, we can't wrap our minds around it. We only grasp his garment. And therefore, the only way to really connect to this infinity is to just acknowledge that it exists, to submit to it. The element of the divine that is grasped by the mind is only the power of Elohim, which is the power of the power of the maker that's in the thing that's made. As things are already as things have already like been printed, printed and fixed. No, know that the Shemalakim is not Eker, El Hashem Avaya. When do we say Duuki Hashem Olekim? Where? When we bring a Karban Toda. That's when we say Mizmor Letoida. And when are we bringing Karban Toda? After a miracle happens. When a miracle happens, you know that Avaya Olekim. And you know that he, that Lamaila, and that's Lamaila Yesh, that he is the real Metzias. And Lamatai, that down here is not. We can't have this in a way of understanding, Mamish. Because the same idea, like the upper das that we spoke earlier, the higher das that he is in the world of nothing, that we can't grasp. That we don't apprehend. That's in a level of idah that's beyond grasping. We can tap it. And therefore, through Bittal and Aida, we can access far more miracles. That's the idea. It's the secret. Through Bittal and Aida, we can tap miracles. If we want to be full of philosophers and we remain, we only accept what our mind can, can handle, then, then, we, then we're really 
are stuck in nature. That's the idea. In other words, we, we ourselves determine how stuck we want to be, how much the systems of the world have power, hold sway and power over us. Then when a yid every day says, you begin, the first words you say is a solution. And then, it's the submission. It's the exception that he is. And that's why Haida is on a miracle. And that's why the response to a miracle canal is what? He explains that's why, I'm just going to say very quickly, that's the reason why Mizmal Asaida, he began the question he brings from the Siddur, from the Arizal, that Mizmal Asaida is in Chachme and Bina. Remember? It's the Yichud of Chachme and Bina of Yetzirah. Chachme and Bina of Yetzirah. That's the Yichud of the Chachme and Bina of, 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 uh, of, of, of Yetzirah. That's the Yichud of Mizmal Asaida. Why? Now we understand why. And I'm not going to read it inside because it's time for the Fabrengen, but just one it could, because he explains, um, what's his explanation? His explanation is that Bina, we know, is called Yesh. And Chachma is called Ayin. In the level of Chachma, Chachma energy is still infinite. It's still undefined. It's still a very fluid energy. Bina is already understanding. So things become very defined and fixed. So in when things are kind of operating from the levels of Bina, then the world is yesh. The world is very substantiated. And what's Chachma from that perspective? From Bina's perspective, what's Chachma? Chachma is ayin. Chachma is nothing. But he explains in the Mimer over here that Chachma is only ayin when? From the perspective of Bina. But from the perspective of Chachma, Chachma is the real energy. Bina is very narrow. You know, this happens sometimes. I'll, I'll give a perfect example for this. I think it's a perfect example. I don't know how perfect it is, but it's a nice example. When a teacher teaches, and you're teaching, let's say, you're teaching a deep concept in Hasidus, and you have new people who come to the class who never learned Hasidus, let's say, and you're giving over a concept, a rich, deep concept, and someone comes over to you after the shear, and you see, for a while, you see that the people are very bewildered. I find it a lot of times. And the people seem to be very confused. It's over their head. It's distant. And you see they're struggling. And then the person comes over, and you see their face lights up. Literally, it lights up. And they get it. And they come over to you afterwards and they give you over what you said. Now you're happy that they feel that they got it. But you can see that what they, the way they're presenting it, especially they put it, is that they have a very, very narrow grasp on the idea. And you realize the idea is so much richer and so much broader than the tiny little speck of the, the small little understanding of the idea. But to them, as long as the greater idea of the teacher that the teacher was explaining and all the expansiveness, that's called nothing. Because they don't have that's nothing. That little idea that they grasped it and they fixed it and they cemented it into their thing, that's to them a very powerful reality. So to the student, what's the yesh? To the student, what's the yesh? The yesh is their limited idea that became fixed. Now I'm not saying that they're getting it wrong. I'm not saying that these people are getting it wrong. This person gets it right. But they're getting only a small little tail end of this infinite idea as it became enclosed. They're getting one little, small, little, tiny, little tail of the idea as it's entering into a specific something. 
That's the bina. The bina is when it's being taken into a keli. The greater chachma they're not getting. So to them, the teacher's broader concept is ayin. Their little idea that they got is, is, is yesh. But to the teacher, the teacher feels happy for them. But the, somewhere deep inside the teacher, they're thinking, okay, it's nice. You know what? I'll let you keep this. Yeah. I'm happy you're walking home from the shir and you're saying, you know, that's a nice word. It's a nice teaching. But the teacher realizes how small and limited that, that teaching is. So that what do you have from here? So you see that from the Bina perspective, Chachma is nothing. But from Chachma's perspective, Bina is nothing. Chachma is yesh and Bina is nothing. That's the way Chachma sees it. Now, that's the way it usually is. But when Chachma and Bina have an yichud, that means that they have an intimacy and Chachma pours everything into Bina. And Bina is able to rise into Chachma. What does that mean? The same idea that nature rises into beyond nature. It dissolves into the Belikvo. That's the union of this Yichud. That means almost like we being able to accept the reality that's bigger than us. And that's why when we say Nizmal Isaida, it's the Yichud of Chachma and Bina together as it's explained in the Siddha. In two levels. In the weekday, it's Mizmar Lusayda, this Yichud. And on Shabbos, he's going to explain, instead of Mizmar Lusayda, what do we say on Shabbos? We say Mizmar Shili Yoyma Shabbos, which the Shabbos one, the Mizmar Shili Yoyma Shabbos, is infinitely, is much higher because that's the Yichud of Chachman Bina, not in Yitzira, but in Olam Atzilus. Meaning it's a much greater place. This last idea, I didn't get a chance to explain out too much because we uh, have... Uh, uh, Baruch Hashem, the way it should be every Thursday night, really, when we learn Chassidus. But Baruch Hashem. So um, 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 we're going to continue Bezus Hashem next week, and everyone uh, should uh, come join for the first time. That's my